0: bulletproof car i mean just hey. some Bruce Wayne <laughs> shit, bro. I'm just saying. <laughs> hey you know, you know bulletproof cars you know
1: i got a good deal on it and i paid cash for it and it's been great to me uh, this whole time and i feel great it's it gives me peace of mind and i think that that's what matters the most and it's a big car i'm a big guy um uh, i'm a little bigger than most people realize on the internet but um Cars here are quite small in Brazil, so I got a full si- to get a full size sedan that me and all my friends can get in and be, you know, comfortable. I think it was perfect and it's bulletproof. So it before we
0: get before we get started, was that yeah. was that you felt a necessity to have? Like if you're going to live there, is that a must have?
1: Well, I, I'll say this: you know, everybody has their own lifestyle and the type of lifestyle lifestyle they want to live. Uh, a lot of people. Uh, they live in Brazil in varying ways as far as um, foreigners, right? And so for me, I'm not living at a basic level of a Brazilian, you know? So I know the things I do and the people I'm with, I know that I need to have some extra protection. I can't carry a gun personally. So I'm not going to be in a position where you can rob me at a stoplight. I'm not going to be in a position where you can just shoot at me just at will, you know? So. I want to have extra protection. I'm not in the United States, so like I said, I can't carry. So I'm gonna have something, and so I think that was the best thing for me.
0: Okay, okay. Shout out to everybody that's here. Forgive my manners, <laughs> my <laughs> guest. I'm I'm humbled to have this man on here. Stephen story, the IA God. I don't know what else to call him. That's, just, that's <laughs> the that's Um, I can't do you enough justice. Please, sir, introduce yourself um, and, and just introduce yourself, and we can get. We'll get into. Yeah. Okay. Myriad of, of life experiences.
1: Awesome, awesome. So, what's up, guys? My name is Steven Story. I am from Tuscaloosa, Alabama. I have been living outside the United States since 2018. Um, been full, yeah. I've been full time out of the state since 2018. Um, uh, I turned, I was 29 when I left. I'm 34 now, so I'll be 35 in a bit. Uh, I have 4,000 students as independent insurance adjusters. I got over 500 people hired. I've had several students going to make 100,000 in a year. Um, I have had students become management managers, go on to buy houses, get out of debt, buy cars, you know, invest in new businesses, all types of things just by doing it, getting into the insurance industry and then doing obviously the things I teach. Uh, my focus is getting people's money, right? So we can get their mind right so we can get them their freedom, right? So that's been my focus for the last two years. Uh, I've living in Brazil, i fluent in Portuguese, I do a lot of stuff down here. And my focus is on one, not trading time for money. And then two is maximizing my day with hobbies. Right. So I'm trying to learn as much as possible through physical activity um, and through language learning and, you know, doing all those things that impact other people. So that's a short little
0: <laughs> a little
1: uh, clip of my life.
0: You know? Well, let me ask you this. H- how do we go from Alabama to the insurance adjusting because clearly Look like you played sports. I would, yeah, I, I would, did. I would suspect some college. Yeah, yeah. I did okay. track in
1: college. I okay. ran track in college. But, you know, this is the thing, guys. This is why nepotism is important. Okay. So my dad had a real estate company. My mom had an insurance company. And so I got licensed as an insurance agent for Allstate when I was 19 years old. And I got a real estate license at 20. So I didn't care about college. I knew that I had two things to back me up that were going to pay me well before I got my degree. And so... Um, like I said, I ran track, just, you know, pleasure frat and all that other stuff. And then after that, I was like, well, enough of this time to go get some money. I quit school. I, I was already in the insurance industry. So I went to bell bonding, which is in the insurance industry with another friend of mine. And we did well with that. And I just stayed with licenses, you know, so I got a few more licenses. My mom gets into the insurance, the insurance adjusting industry. She'd already been in sales as had I and she was like, yo, let's let's do this. You know, it took about six months to for her to convince me. And after that, uh, I just I took to it. I had a little hard time getting in, but after that, it was just off to the races. And I got my money right. Um pretty quickly.
0: So were your parents not pressed over you graduating college? Was that something they just let you yeah. do? Okay.
1: Yeah. Entrepreneurship was everything. Entrepreneurship and sales, that was the main thing in the household for me. That's how I was raised. So I got firsthand knowledge on sales day in, day out from my parents and how to run a business. So that was my day-to-day life from like 10 to 18, was how how we run the business, how you run the all the all state insurance business, how we run the real estate company. And the day in, day out, small details of that. And so I didn't need to go to school. I went to school because it was fun. I wanted to party. I didn't, but I was already ready for business, you know. So uh, when I left school, it was plug and play. I went straight to own, you know running the business. You
0: know, had you stayed, what degree would you have pursued? Um, marketing. Okay,
1: marketing, public relations, something like that.
0: So now, what led you into tap- this spe- specific branch of of IA per se?
1: Well, this is the thing, and I think that we all need to be able to self audit, right? I knew I was smart, but I knew I didn't care about school enough. And all my friends that were like lawyers or they are lawyers now, they were going to law school and like getting the MBA programs. It was just so competitive. And I was like, I want to be the smartest person or the most, the person, with the most potential in a, uh, industry that's not sexy. And so I was always looking around for things that they didn't want to do. So if my lawyer friends or my engineer friends or my accounting friends, I knew that they weren't willing to do a level of work that I was willing to do in sales and marketing and, and things like that, right? And I also knew they didn't know how to skill stack, and so because I knew that, I knew that insurance is the opposite side of banking; they're two sides of the same coin. And I knew all my friends were super smart, and they were going to banking. And I was like, "Well, shit, none of y'all are going into insurance." I got introduced this. I got introduced this as a teenager. I'll just keep going this route, and I'll have no competition.
0: And it worked out. Where does the the uh, the mindset? each one teach one to help your people. Where does that come from? Was that ingrained in you from your parents? Is that something you just over time So you know, I need to do this to, to help my people as well. Where, where does that come from? My dad had a real
1: estate school. He started real estate school in the early 90s in West Alabama, in Tuscaloosa. So I grew up with my dad teaching, uh, teaching his profession, right? And so because I, I saw that, it's just, again, like I already saw the example, right? So it, it's nothing for me to make an insurance school if I already see a real estate school. I already knew how he taught his classes and everything. I saw it, I saw it firsthand. So I'm watching him do this for a decade and a half. So when it's my turn, I know how to do it, right? So it was it was a lot of plug and play. This is this why I'm telling y'all nepotism is important in the black community, all right? If our children, if our parents are doing it, we can, we can do it easily, right? But if we have to keep reinventing the wheel every time, we're gonna be fucked, you know?
0: But uh, how difficult is that for you, trying to engage people that didn't grow up like you, per se, or didn't have the mindset kind of almost birthed you gotta, to you? You got to meet them where they are,
1: you know, Okay, you got to meet people where they are. Right. Um, like I said, I got a thousand students, so I had to deal with those several thousand plus all the other people who were interested. Right. And so I just learned what they wanted. Right. And so most people want a level of freedom. They want a higher income. They want to be able to take care of their families. Right. Uh, and there's pressure for men or women or for moms and dads, whoever, to live up to certain roles, right? So the man wants to be a provider. The woman wants to be able to take care of children. The man wants to be able to take care of children, or family. Or they want to buy a house, got a debt, so on and so forth. And so I just, as a marketer, I focus on what it is you want, all right? You want the pain to stop and the pleasure to start. So I'm marketing in those ways, all right? And so that's all I've done the last couple of years. And it's got a lot of people pretty far from where they were. So
0: in your opinion, is I one of those fields of industry that could help level the playing field between us and everybody else?
1: Well, this is what I'll saying. I think that a lot of stuff has to do around mindset, right? If I can show you that, you know, $15 an hour is not enough and who you can be at $30 an hour or $40 an hour or $500 a day or $750 a day, If I can give you a sneak peek at who you're gonna be, right? Through testimonials, through my own thing, by my own life, show my own life. If I can show you, hey, if somebody looks like you that did this, these people can they can start to aspire to these things without me having to make everything super plain, right? I've seen men call me up, hey Stephen, after they got a job, and I told them what happened. They said, hey man, my wife isn't treating me the same. She treat me with more respect. We not arguing no more. I said, why? What happened? I said, he said, we don't have to worry about bills no more. You know, like, do you know how much stress is in our community? You know how much stress is in our, our relationships and how we raise our children, how we love one another because we're on the rent this month? You know, it's not because we're black, okay? It's because you don't have the money, all right? Because you're hungry or because the light's going to get cut off or a car getting repo. Of course, it's going to stress you and stress the relationship. So we're using something like this, something that's not sexy, insurance adjusting, right we're going to get good at it and then we can change our our life based around the idea that we don't have to live in lack anymore right
0: okay i like that um damn not just yeah. not i'm just getting i just fogged up now so i can tell my age now cuz I'm, I'm i'm fucking up what, um, how okay um field time yep how much time do you spend in the field before you say, OK, you know what, I've done my I've done my time. Or is there a certain uh, amount of time once you spend in the field versus behind the desk per se?
1: I did both. I started in the desk and then I switched to field and I went back to the desk. So I've done I, you don't have you can do one or the other. You can do all of them. it's not really a prerequisite. That you have to go field or you have to go desk. You have to go remote. You have to do auto. You have to do property. You can do anything you want to. So many niches in this business. You know, so it's, it's just it's all a matter of what you want to do. You know, I'm a physical guy. I like being outside sometimes. So when it's warm outside, shit, I want to go field. I want to be in Florida. I want to be close to the beach. I want to hop on these routes and move around a bit with no manager and no coworkers. I want to do that for a bit, a few months. And sometimes it gets cold outside or I want to go to a cool city like Miami or New York or D.C. or Atlanta, you know, Houston, Dallas, Austin. I, I'll do that for a bit, give an opportunity. But that's that was my that's how I did the business, you know. Um, but everybody does it their own way.
0: What would you say um, under your tutelage, under your direct hand, mm-hmm. what is your success rate? Or what would you deem your success rate for those entering the field? The field of insurance, Justin? Yes, I'm sorry, yes. Um,
1: it's a little hard to say because I can't track how many people actually finish my course Okay, and do the whole process, all right? Okay. But I know that if I have about 4,000 students that have taken my courses and I have about 500 plus or minus that have gotten higher, that's 20%. Is that 20%? 4000 it's, yeah, it's about 20%. Yeah. Right. So, but I don't know how many complete the whole course and just bought it, right? Or just, mm-hmm. you know, I might have 2,000 people to complete the course. That's a 40% completion, you know, success rate. So I don't know. But off of what I know, 20%.
0: Pretty good. Very good. <clears throat> what are some of the pitfalls or the downsides of your industry, if there are any? Hours. Okay. Yeah.
1: 60 hours is 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 typical. You know, 50 hours is minimum. 70 hours is normal during this part of the year. You can get closer to 90 hours at times, you know, but they're gonna compensate you amazingly. Um, but I find that also, um, uh, I find that also that you can get your ass kicked by the money because you're making so much money that you'll start spending it. And then you'll, now you, you spend like $8,000 a week. Some weeks you might spend ten thousand dollars in three days, and now you got to keep working. And you'll see people work for three, or four years straight at seventy hours a week because they got a they get they went buy a big mortgage, they don't know how to get out of debt, right? And so they get chained to the desk, right? It's like that golden handcuff idea. And so you'll see that, and I find that when that happens, they get they get lost in the saucepan. They just working the work and working to make money and just buy stuff, buy cars and shit like that. And they never take breaks, right? And so I see that, uh, and it affects the, it affects their health. So that's that's one of the big uh, big pitfalls in the business. You got no one to to stop and take time, you know. Um, and so I, I recommend everybody taking at least three months off every year.
0: I want to piggyback off what you just said and being mm-hmm. chained to the the golden handcuff. So mm-hmm. is the average person that gets into this and and are they prepared mentally? For the money that they that they could make or would make. No.
1: No. They all fuck it up. Um, usually in the first year, if I get ten students to do a hundred thousand dollars a year in a year, two of them did right by their money, the rest of them screwed it all up. Really? Um, but you gotta think about it. these people going making $35, to making thirty five thousand dollars and making a hundred thousand dollars, are going to for making forty to making a hundred. So the the problem is your mind has to catch up to the money, right? Because you don't really understand what twenty three hundred dollars every week is or $3,000 a week or $3,500 or $4,000 a week, you just don't get it. And so you used to struggling and now you ain't got to struggle no more. So now you got to figure out how to deal with the money again. So it's a different problem, but you know, now you, you're saying yes to when, you, when you, hey, your, hey, family say, hey, I need $5,000 for this. Hey, can you buy me a new refrigerator? Hey, can you help me with my, my down payment on the car? Hey, can you help me with a mortgage? You know, church need help with this. And, and before you know it, like you're just giving money away, which happens. It happens to a lot of my students. Uh, but I try to teach everybody, hey, you got to learn. You got to learn how to say, no, you got to learn how to put your money up and budget properly. And that's, that's also thing, some things I teach as well. I'm not a financial advisor, but I do give people that caveat that, hey, look, I've seen a lot of y'all mess your money up. You don't got to be one of those people. You, you don't have to do that. You know, so it's um, it takes time, but it's not a lottery. It's not a cash grab. You got to treat it like a real career. And if you do that, even if you do mess your money up, I do see a lot of my students go on to. Get back right, get in order, and, um, <laughs> and 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 get their money, their money right, and their mind right, right.
0: Let me ask you, how much of that is focused on paying off the debts? Because I know a lot of people that made a lot of money, they got a lot of debt, but they just start focusing on buying trinkets and new stuff. So oh,
1: that's a great question. Um, it really just depends. You know, I got out of debt. That's what I did. That's my main thing. I didn't buy, I never bought a car while I was in as an insurance adjuster. I had a Honda Accord 2014 when I started. Okay, I had a Honda Accord I, up until I sold it. You know, last last year I sold my Honda Accord and I didn't get nothing crazy. <laughs> I don't have some crazy bins or nothing like that. I don't have a car note. I don't have student loan debt, I don't have any of that. But I realized after year two or three, I was like, yo, I'm gonna get stuck doing this just like everybody else. I don't wanna be that way. And so I just do it. I started doing aggressive debt pay down and then the pandemic hit and I just finished it all off.
0: So would you say that you're, you live the minimum minimalist life to a certain extent or are you just, um, I don't like to call it minimalist life. I have a life
1: focused on freedom. Okay. You know, so freedom is for sale guys, you know, um, freedom is for sale. and So you got to depend, you got to decide what do you want, right? Is the, is the new iPhone more important than the next month being off is that car note more important than next year being off or two years or next three years. And so you got to make some decisions. Right. And so I made a decision that I was going to be free. Right. And I sacrificed five years to get my freedom, you know? And so there's no, no watches. I don't have no chains, nothing. I don't have anything like that, you know? And now granted, I have some other cool stuff, but like that's now, that's after I got my I got free, you know? And so I think that that's something that, you know, you got to prioritize. Whatever it is you prioritize, you're going to get, you know? You like trinkets and all that stuff. That's cool. Ain't no problem. But I knew what
0: I wanted. And I wanted time freedom. When did you get into wanting to leave the country? Well, I mean, as far as traveling first, was that something you've always been exposed to? Yeah. Or just a natural progression for you? Like, okay, now it's time to see the world. Yeah. I had left the, I had left the
1: country at 16. Okay, so it wasn't. I had always been exposed again, guys. Nepotism. Okay, like your, my parents left the country early. My parents had us in exchange programs. My parents were also in exchange programs themselves. So I grew up with Japanese people in my house, people from Cote d'Ivoire, people from Germany in my house a ton of times. You know, Kenya, Mozambique. You know, staying with us for long periods. I'm like six months at a time. You know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. Uh, uh, you know, so. That was kind of, I was already on that. And so the, the progress, it was easy, you know, it's like, all right, I'm, I'm traveling again. Once I get grown, I'm dropping I'm some more. So, you know, that's, that's how I went.
0: Now, what made you finally land or choose Brazil out of all the places? Um,
1: I always wanted to come to Brazil. Okay. Um, there was a, a, um, <laughs> a Peace Corps kind of situation where you do like a volunteer half a day and you do tourism the other half of the day. There was a program like that when I was in college back in like 08. And at the time, if any of y'all know about Brazil, the hay hey used to be really strong. It was like almost one-to-one one at one point. So it was quite expensive for me to get down here. And it was going to be quite expensive for me to stay here considering I was still in college. It's like, it was going to be like four or $5,000 for a week. And I just, at that time, you know how it is in school guys. You just don't got that kind of money. You don't even know how to do it. And so it was always just like in the back of my head, Salvador, by Brazil, I didn't know nothing about it. I wasn't looking it up on YouTube. I wasn't looking it up on forums for real. Like I was getting like a passing video here and there. But I was always like, I want to go. I want to go. And uh uh the opportunity came when I um moved to Canada. So I was living in Canada first okay. for an insurance job. And I was living out of the country, I got rid of my apartment, I got rid of everything, and it was so cold in Canada, I was like, Yo, this ain't gonna work. And once that contract ended, I came back to Alabama That's <laughs> all my parents and said, yo, I'm going to Brazil for six weeks. But I knew I was moving, you know, because all my stuff is in storage already. So I was like, well, I'm not coming back to Alabama and I'm not going, I don't have a home anymore. Uh, and so I came here to Salvador, bro, and that was it. You know?
0: Uh, how how difficult was that transition for you?
1: Um, I'll put it like this you don't know how hard it is until you look bad, right? It was actually quite difficult. Um, it was a lot of like, the, I had already been out, I was already out of the country. So I already had a system in place for how, me living out of the country, but living out of the country and not speaking the language and not knowing anybody, that was hard. That was quite difficult, it took a long time. You know, I would say the better part of a year to, to really get somewhat comfortable. I think it took two years for me to get comfortable and three years for me to be competent.
0: So in in, in retrospect, did you do it the right way? Or is something you should you, you thought you you could have if you had to do it again, you would tweak this, you would tweak that.
1: Um, I would say that the main pitfall I came into was I had a savings okay and I didn't have an income. So I was good for nine months with no income. I'm kicking it, like I'm, I'm balling for nine months, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But I had no money for three years, but I was balling. I wasn't just playing. I was like really out here, like spending money. Um, now, if I had done it, I would have done it differently. I would have came with income. Okay. And I think that's where a lot of Americans mess up at. Um, they don't come with income. They come with savings, and then they get they go broke, and then they try to struggle to make it, and then they gotta go back home. So that's my uh, only difference. I would have a stream of income.
0: So I, if if I'm not prying, you still a dual dual citizenship, correct? I have, a okay. I have a
1: visa here. Uh, okay. Gotcha. Here, and I'm and I'm American. So, like, I'm here. I have eligibility to be here for two years. We're okay. not going to extend after that. But I'm like, I can go and come without, please.
0: Well, let me ask you: When you see our people that <gasps> give up the American citizenship to live where they're at, is that something mm. you agree with? Hell no. You think that? Okay. No. Could you get into that, please? That's the one. You are
1: blessed to be an American. Okay. Like. That is the only thing like you're black or right? you're African-American. Once you cut that off, now you are black like everybody in whatever country you in with no perks and no benefits. That is a dangerous place to be in. All right, because as an American citizen, that's, that's what you are. When you was born in America, you were born black, whatever your gender was, and an American all at the same time, you have benefits. You have the American justice system, American tax system. American military behind you somewhere to happen, American embassy and the American banking system, which is the most important thing out of all these things. All right. And so when you quit being American, you know, you give your passport, whatever that is, and you allow yourself to be taxed, whatever rate, at whatever rate you're going to be taxed at in these countries, you, you put yourself at a, at a big disadvantage, I think, you know, but again, I'm in business, so I want to be in, in the American business system. But for y'all who got, you know, whatever you got going on, you got your own benefits. You know, I can debate that in the comments. But for me, me, myself personally, uh, I'm American from now on forever. You know what I'm
0: saying? What are some common misconceptions uh, people have of Brazil? Because I have yet to see one video of someone like, you know what? This may not be the place for everybody. I don't know. This just I see yeah. other countries. Everybody gets the horror stories. I don't see the Brazilian horror stories.
1: Yeah. Um, all right, let's give me, can you give me categories of misconceptions?
0: Yeah. Um, well, now okay, gotta, first let's do this. Let me ask you, what's the draw to Brazil? To Brazil. Yes.
1: I'll say my draw. And then everybody else can say what their draw are. When I came, I came for black people. Okay. Um, I felt that black people in Brazil were the closest to our, um, our struggle. So because they are going to be closest to our struggle. um, I also knew that we were going to have a lot of similarities, right? As far as how we live and how we have our families, all that stuff. Right. And which I was right about. Um, And then also the weather's amazing. You know, I live in the Northeast, so it's like living in the Caribbean. Okay. Um, It's a ton of black folks out here. Uh, in my, my part of the country, Sao Paulo, Rio is different. Going to the south is different. But in the north, it is black, black. It's blackity black, you know? And I I wanted to see that, I wanted to be around that. Um, I like being physically active. I can swim, I can hike, I can shoot out here. I can surf, I can, capable, I can dance. There's so many things I can do culturally that other people are also involved in too. So I'm not just an outlier. Like it's a lot of folks doing all the things I just said. Um, I think that for me, quality of life was big. You know, I haven't felt anxious in four years. You know, I haven't felt frustrated in four years. Okay. I haven't felt an extreme level of anger or rage or frustration. I haven't raised my voice in several years. You know, uh, I get great quality of sleep, but I also live next to the ocean. So I mean, uh, you know, I, I'm, I get to live a life of leisure. You know, in my thirties, and I'm not retired. You know, so I think for me, like that was my draw. I was like, I get to have quality of life. I get to have things that would take another thirty years for me to get, or or to experience if I was in America. You know, and so I'm like, hey, let's do it.
0: Sign me up, shit. How how was the reception when you got there? The reception as far as the people from yeah. from, from from them to you. you so I'm gonna
1: tell you like this. My daddy said you, you can't hug by yourself. So. I hugged them and they hugged me back, you know. So like, I signed up immediately for capoeira. I got into a dance class. I started. I got right into the community from the very beginning. I was all, like, when I got to Brazil, I didn't do anything touristy. I didn't go to museums. I didn't do none of that shit. I went straight into capoeira classes three days a week. Dance classes two times a week. So I immediately had a community. When they told me to come out, I said yes. It was birthday parties. I came. If it was a, a barbecue, I went. I was always participating. And so because I participated from the very beginning. I got a lot of love
0: from everybody in it, you know, even when I didn't speak Portuguese. Do, do you believe that should be the standard operating practice for those that move to another country? Like, is that the first thing you should do is dive into the culture into the community?
1: I think, uh, I think that it's a requirement when we go to, when people come to the States, we want people to speak English. Yeah. Right. And so I think you have to have a level of respect for everybody else, you know, You come in and you try. Everybody, we all know you're not gonna come in being fluent the first day, but you gotta try. Pull your phone out, do the best you can with Google Translate, and you just try every day, day in, day out. before you know it, you're gonna get something. But I think you're a real dickhead, you go to another country and think they need to speak your language.
0: Okay. You know. The the downside of Brazil. Hmm. Are there any a lot? Or you'd haven't Come across let's, that to a point let's, where let's it not deterred you.
1: Let's put it like this. Fuck, man. <laughs> I uh, let's put it like this, man. Bureaucracy is a big thing for banking. Okay, it's, it's a big thing when you start dealing with contracts and things like that. They do things a little differently, and kind of be quite frustrating at times. Actually, um, I also think that Brazil can inconvenience you severely. If you're broke, um, it's quite—it's a quite difficult country, country to be in if you're a poor person. Um, I think as an American, it can be quite difficult if you make less than $3,000 a month, or if you're not willing to spend more than $3,000 a month. It can be quite difficult. Um, your level of service is at a much lower level. Um, the way you experience the day-to-day, it can be quite frustrating, in my opinion, for people who aren't making a good amount of money. You know, things get pretty easy if you're making over $5,000 a month. Uh, in my personal experience, you know, $5,000 US, by the way, guys, it's not, it's not hay ice. Um, you know, it's $20,000 ice. You know, I think that life can get very easy for you if you make over $10,000 a month here. You can get really, really easy. But I think the disadvantages come when, and I'm going to speak about Americans. Um, I see a lot of Americans, they kind of, you know, pole pimping. You know, for lack of a better word, they pooping out here. They come out here, they live in a three hundred dollar month apartment in a hood somewhere. They run out of water, like people run out of water out of here. Like your your apartment building just run out of water. Your house will run out of water. You don't have no water to take a shower or nothing. That happens. You'll run out of gas in your kitchen because you got a little propane tank or whatever. I see that happening. But again, you got your money right, so you know you can get quite inconvenienced here. Uh, riding buses is a long trip, real real long trip. Riding buses instead of taking an airplane in this country because they don't have interstates to just go straight to places. They got to go all around like that. So, uh, what else? Um, The police. Okay, Uh, I'm not going to speak too much on that, but you live in the hood, you're going to deal with more more cops than you would if you live in a nice area. That's just how it goes. Um, crime. You know. The the lower your your neighborhood, the higher chance you're gonna be around crime. And crime here ain't nothing to play with, you know. Uh, so
0: again, just all things to think about.
1: But um, I didn't experience that. This is what I've seen other people experience.
0: So from what you've seen, would you is the stress level between of dealing with cops and crime in Brazil more or less than cops and crime in America? From what you've seen, yeah. it's a lot more.
1: Okay. You know, crime is pretty rampant. You know, it's, it's always a thing you're gonna be thinking about every day. You know, wherever you are, unless you're in a closed neighborhood, call we call them closed condominiums. If you're not in a shut off area, you're always thinking about uh, petty petty crime, getting robbed, getting stuck up, you know, those kind of things. It happens all the time. You know, I know people getting robbed all the time. Like probably four friends in the last month got their phone stolen. Some were American, some were Brazilian, you know. That's usually the big crime here is like, you know, get your chain snatched, getting your cell phone take, taken stuff like that. You don't really see nobody's getting like shot up, and, you know, beat up and stuff like that. Uh, but it does happen, you
0: know, but. Is, um, is that more of a crime of proximity and, and income level? Proximity, okay. um, you know, and just being careless, too. He's walking around with your cell phone
1: any kind of way. You put it all in yeah. your pocket, your ass, people don't pickpocket you. They're they not just running down, just pistol looking for your phone, you know. They'll, they might up on you. They might pull a gun on you. Give me your phone. You know that happens too. Um, but she's got to be. you has got to be smart. You know. Don't make yourself an easy target. You'll be fine. You know.
0: As far as the income, is it best to have income coming in from the states as opposed to trying to Only. Set up
1: Okay. 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 Geo arbitrage, guys. Geo arbitrage. Go find that out. Go look up the definition. American dollar is one to anywhere from five point one to five point four right now you do not want to earn in hay ice it gets weaker every year the dollar is still the world standard <coughs> the world uh, world standard currency right mm-hmm. um so you want to make sure that you're earning in dollars um i don't recommend anybody coming to this country to live you don't make less than three thousand dollars a month you know consistently three thousand dollars a month minimum okay um but again guys i'm not talking about a base level traveler that's going to be just getting some little basic, basic apartment. I'm talking about if you want to ball, if you want to live really well, you make at least $3,000 a month U S every single month.
0: How is the traffic or the infrastructure compared to to America? Um, It depends. Sao Paulo is amazing.
1: Sao Paulo is like New York or Newark, York, Newark, York, New Jersey, like ain't no potholes in the streets, like some really good transit systems. I, I wrote the subway last week in Sao Paulo. It's amazing. You know, in Salvador, they got a lot of buses here. They got a metro system as well. They get you around most of the city. I don't ride public transportation. I don't see any point. You know, Uber's too cheap. And you know, before I, you know, I don't, I don't do Uber anymore. Like, I got a driver now. But like, you don't need to do that. Uber's a dollar, two dollars, three dollars, ten dollars max. You know, so you shouldn't be riding public transportation here. You know, if you're doing what I'm saying, if you if you make three thousand dollars a month, you shouldn't be riding public transportation. But It's your prerogative. I don't ride public transportation because buses get robbed. They'll come in there uh, with a gun and rob everybody on the bus. They do that. They'll hold everybody hostage. They do that, too. So you never know when you're going to get on that bus and it's going to be some wild shit happening because they go all over the place. right.
0: How how important is it to establish a relationship with the the, uh, American embassy there?
1: I haven't done that yet. Okay. You know, I ain't did
0: it yet, man. Uh, is that something but- you feel you need to do at some point, just so, just so they're on the, you're on their radar? Like, hey, man, just letting y'all know I'm here, just in case.
1: Um, I mean, I'm documented as being here, right? Okay, because my visas on things like that. Um, but for me, this is how I look at it. I'm gonna make sure I got the money to get an air- airplane ticket home tomorrow. Okay, check the airplane prices, t- the airplane, uh, airline prices for the t- ticket home for the next day. You need to have that much money in your bank account every single day. If anything would happen, emergencies, you know, political unrest. You got to get up out of here for whatever reason. You need to have that much money saved and yeah, saved. And so you, for
0: it. you already have an exit plan, just, just in case, yeah, just in case, yeah. Okay, um, I, I know we spoke briefly at the beginning about the bulletproof, <coughs> but, yeah, <man>. <laughs> but, <laughs> um, yeah. if you could, if you don't mind reiterating, is that standard? No,
1: okay. No, it's not standard, and it's gonna be a little hard to get. You're gonna get that. You're gonna get a um, like a little license, a little certification saying that. Because um, cops, when they stop you, they want to know, like, hey, why are you why are you riding around a bulletproof car? Like, uh, what's up? Like, what's what's going on here? Like, because they want to know, like, are you a drug dealer or something like that? Like, why do you have a bulletproof car? So he's want to have something to explain why you have it. But I got it because I want to feel
0: comfortable. Okay. You know. Yeah. All right. I want to do a segue real quick because right. you made a tweet. <laughs> you made a tweet the other day. <laughs> yeah. And all the videos I've ever seen of anybody from Brazil, all they talk about is the women, mm-hmm. which sex segue into your tweet, In yep. your tweet. You said certain demographic of people coming into the country are mm-hmm. in your eyes, lowering the standards or, or messing up for everybody. Um, mm-hmm how prevalent is that because i i, I you tweet ruffle some feathers and i was like oh yeah good <laughs> first of all you know i'm like this is your show so i ain't gonna say this no, hey no, listen you that's why you're here <laughs>
1: this, is what I, this is what i'll say okay how to not be like that okay like yeah. let's go about how to let's be constructive in this okay like i'm not finna i don't need to poke at nobody this is i'm gonna say this is what you need to do to get respect in this country first of all this country has men in it too okay and running behind a bunch of pussy ain't going to help you learn this country at all, okay? They're going to just suck you into being a boyfriend simp kind of guy. That's what's going to happen, all right? Mm-hmm. So you have men as friends, all right? If you're a guy coming down here, men can help you with a ton of stuff here, all right? This is a patriarchal co- society, a patriarchal country, Uh and, you know, however you want to think about that, men get a lot done. They can get a lot done, more, a lot more done than a woman could, unfortunately, all right? That's mm-hmm. just is out here, Um, and so what I see is a lot of guys get in here, running behind a bunch of women. You don't make any connections, right? And what begins to happen is they don't know anything about the, the city. They don't know any date spots other than what a girl told them. They don't know where to get a haircut. They don't know where to get a tire change. At. They don't know where to get an apartment at. They don't know how to get an apartment, right? They don't know how men should be in a country or in that city because nobody's schooling them up on the game or whatever. They don't know the Barbershop, They don't. know. They don't shit. And so uh, I think that you can chase after women to your own detriment in this place. Uh, also, what I've seen is I've seen, and, and I, I, I'm going a, I'm to a talk about it, man. I think I've seen a lot of guys run after women that they would dog out in the States and they would never talk to in the States, right? You're talking to a girl that don't got a high school diploma, but she's speaking another language. Now she gets a pass. You know, you're talking to a woman that's got, that's a single mom that live in a place that they ain't got, uh, running word all the time, but she get a pass because she here and she in a bikini. Mm. But you never talk to a woman like that in the States. And so I find that a lot of men lower their standards uh, significantly. Significantly when they get here. You're an American. You want you want to date a woman that's got a college degree or a master's degree. Maybe both. You know? And you want to hire her to make X amount of dollars, blah, 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 blah for you to date her. But then you get down here, you know, she making $150 a month and it's all good. Myself included. Right. But I was here trying to get my Portuguese up and my Portuguese got better. I was able to speak to professional women. Right. But I find that with a lot of tourist guys like I got friends like doctors and stuff. And they'll be dating like some regular waitress chick. They would never date at home. Right. And so nothing wrong with that. I'm just I'm just reminding everybody like, hey, this country has professional women, too. They have, um, you know, they have women here that. Are educated, we're really well educated, got businesses, got everything, you know, so something to think about. Um, but I will say that you don't get brownie points for not speaking the language, first off. You don't get brownie points for treating, mistreating people here. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't get brownie points for being flashy. I had a friend once, uh, we went to a barbecue in an area. Uh, it's my dog, he made a mistake, he didn't know he was doing it, but he had like a thousand hay ice and cash on him. Okay, a thousand hay ice the 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 minimum wage here for a month is like twelve hundred hay so imagine somebody pulling out somebody's monthly income yeah, yeah. out of your pocket right and so what wound up happening was we were just dollaring up for some beer everybody gave 10 hay whatever so he pulls a thousand hay ice out in the middle of the hood and everybody like turned they just turned their nose up and like the men not the women or the men did this not like they were envious like damn why why would he do me like that why he on you know what I'm saying because okay. it's it seen as disrespectful to show that kind of money. Just, just it's, you know, it's just in your pocket. You know, That's uh,
0: Interesting. I, I can see. OK, I can see how that could be a problem. Well, let me ask you, Because um, yeah. you mentioned it's a patriarchy, but mm-hmm. it seems like that most men that visit there <clears> have <throat> no real working concept of what patriarchy looks and how it operates what it looks like. Is that yeah, a fair my, assessment?
1: They don't. Um, I would say for men that come down here, you got to ramp up whatever masculinity you think you have. You need to ramp that shit up a few few notches because out here is real danger, right? That whole, like, walking on the side of the street while the woman walking inside, that's some little bullshit, chivalry thing we do in the States. Out here, you really got to be ready to get robbed with your woman because it can happen. You know, you really got to keep your eyes open for real out here and be ready to fight for real or be ready to run for real or protect this woman for real, you know, because it's real danger here. You know, you can really get robbed walking out the store, walking out of a concert, walking out of a restaurant, and so many of you guys are not used to that level of possible violence in the United States. So a lot of guys walk around here super soft. You know, a lot of American guys really walk around here just lollygagging. You know, just like da 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 da, with the women, and you really got to step it up on the masculinity on the the masculinity side because this what these women react to because these dudes around here, these boys ain't no joke. You know, they ain't got, they don't have a bunch of money to get a woman to act, act right. They gotta, they gotta like, they gotta be something. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. They gotta really sack up out here to get some respect out here. So, um, yeah, it's a lot there, but I think that, you know, American men can sometimes come off kind of passive as well to women. Um, yeah, quite passive at the times. They talk about that.
0: Wow. You're giving me a lot to think about. Um, how much longer do you see yourself in Brazil or this is it for you? Like, I'm here, Brazil? bro. Yeah. I'm here, man. Um, I told myself
1: I wasn't leaving until I had a family, you know, okay. so I don't have a family yet. Uh, I'm fluent in Portuguese. So now, like, I've already went past the hard part. The hard part was getting fluent in Portuguese. Now I'm fluent in Portuguese. Now that it's like, now let's get to work. You know, Um, I don't see myself, like, getting fluent in Portuguese and like, right, I'm about to go back to Atlanta. I'm about to okay. go to New York. Like, no, fuck gotcha. that. No, we're here for a while and uh we'll see. I'm American though. I like I like America. You know, so, so I, like I left because I hated America. I like America.
0: So 20 years from now, great beard, great dreadlocks, <laughs> you doing capoeira in the streets. Is that is that what we talk? Shit, hell yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I might have I might have been somewhere else between now and then. But yeah, bro, I'm, I'm definitely there with that.
1: That was like a bad outcome in yeah, my book. Yeah. You know,
0: that's, that's that's awesome. Have your parents come to see visit you yet or
1: not yet, man. You know, I came down in 2019. Pandemic came right after that. Okay. So things are just not opening up. So my parents are a bit older now. So I talked to them pretty uh heavily about Brazil next year. So uh <laughs> these people, man, I tell you what, man, you don't know shit about shit. Okay. It's a hundred million it's a hundred million niggas in this country. You talking about keep your black eyes, man. Fuck you, first of all. You need to keep your black ass wherever you at with your scary. Yeah there's always one in every bunch you are a pussy okay all them black people getting killed in whatever black neighborhood you live in and your whole ass talking about staying out of brazil you are a scary pussy that's what you are but anyway let's keep going
0: yeah let me ask you this um have you experienced any american pushback because you are american on what um just any <clears throat> fast of, of, of you living there at all has it ever been has it ever come back to bite you in the ass, sort of speak that you are american um
1: i'm pretty easy i'm pretty easy going dog you know uh most people think i'm brazilian okay they've always thought i was brazilian here they'll try to hit me with a higher price on things here and there within reason i'm gonna pay it just because like i don't have to argue with you about eight dollars or four dollars you know what i'm saying like okay. um my, all my apartments and cars and stuff i got them at great prices um you know but i also do things to help advocate myself so i always have a brazilian as a filter uh, when I went through my apartment contracts and things like that. I had a filter. I had somebody a Brazilian there to help me with negotiations. When I bought my car, it was the same way. Okay, when I do anything. I always have a Brazilian with me. I don't do anything. I don't do anything by myself. Okay, if I don't have to, especially the big stuff.
0: Gotcha, gotcha. Um, you know, I know it's late. There, I've had you on for forty-five minutes. I'm not going to keep you. Um, Shit, sure, dog. I'm, I'm okay, dog. We good. Let's ride, man. We got a lot to talk about, bro. Okay. <laughs> um. I, I guess when you when you said quality of life. Yep. Brazil versus let's say, you know, the best of best that Alabama has to offer. Which which one? If you had to go with one. come on, I left Alabama, bro. Like, I
1: love Alabama. I'm, I'm from there. I'm glad to be from Alabama. I love it, man. But like, you know, I'm looking at the, uh, what, the Atlantic Ocean right now. Okay. Like, I'm looking at the Atlantic Ocean right there and I can look at the Atlantic Ocean right there. Okay. You know, like, bro, all my windows open right now.
0: I got a suntan. Like, I got a sunburn, matter of fact.
1: It's December, bro. Like,
0: Come on, man. Like so the the area and you you already scoped the area out. Like you already had a destination in mind when you said, "Okay, this is the city. This is the area that yeah. I want to be in." Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I lived in a
1: few places. I lived in a few neighborhoods just to see what what was what which one I liked the most. I Lived <laughs> in like neighborhoods in the last 4 years, and I picked the neighborhood i live living now. I've been living here about 2 years now, I'm going on 3 years.
0: So, how much prep time do you think was was involved totally for you? Oh, we can have. Wow. Okay. Yeah,
1: yeah, but I was already free. You got to think about it. I was already free by the time I had went to Brazil. I was already done with all the American stuff. Okay. I left. So for me, uh, I already knew how to pick Airbnb's and everything. I kind of knew if I picked a, a certain price level, <laughs> price, level, I was going to get a certain type of neighborhood. So um, that was always in the back of my mind and pick a good neighborhood. And then I had a – so the other thing I did, I had a Brazilian virtual assistant. And so, again, I never did anything alone. I always had help. So I had a Brazilian that I was, did everything virtually for me. So she would call my landlords. She would schedule my capoeira classes. She scheduled all my dance classes for me. Okay. She helped me move around the city those first few weeks until I got
0: connected. All right. You spoke earlier about the, the bureaucracy of the, uh, of the country or the city, rather. Is that yeah. something you would get involved in in the politics to kind of see it? Nope, nope, no, nope. nope. <laughs> Hell no. Why not?
1: Nah, bro, I'm American, bro. At the end of the day, my allegiance is still to American American politics. Like bureaucracy here is so woven into the society, right? The culture of what Brazil is that I'm not about to be no. I'm not trying to fight that, bro. Like I'm no. I'm I'm in America, bro. Like I don't want to do deal with any of that if I don't have to.
0: So that wouldn't help. It wouldn't. It wouldn't benefit you in any other ways. What you're saying, basically.
1: No. No. Not really, um, you know. You you kind of grit and bear it when you okay. need to, okay. but uh, nah, I'm good. I'm good, bro. <laughs> I like, man. You know what I'm saying? I can go to the beach or I can deal with this biarctia shit. I'm going to the beach. Okay. You know? Okay. That's it. Gotcha.
0: Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> what other places did you did you uh, are on your travel list at this point? I'm not traveling right now, bro. I
1: I've been traveling five years straight, bro. I travel a long time, dog. Like, I lived in 15 cities in the United States. I've lived in three countries now. Like, no. I think traveling is overrated, by the way. Um, It's generally a waste of time. I'll put it like that.
0: Could could you speak to that, please?
1: Yeah, so the thing is, like, you know, for the people who are like, oh, you know, I really want to travel the world and all that. Well, that sounds cool, but you won't have a barber. You won't have a a waiter at your favorite restaurant. You're not going to have... That little thing you like to get at the grocery store that's only at that them two or three grocery stores. You're not going to have a gas station you go to at night. You're going to miss all your friends, weddings, funerals, birthdays, baby showers, all that shit. Right. If you're going to do this travel shit, like for real, for real, like I did it. Um, nobody's ever going to know you anywhere. You're always going to be a new guy or a new girl wherever you go. And nobody's going to give a fuck about you because you're the new guy or the new girl. Right. So you're going to spend a lot of time alone. And wherever you go that doesn't speak the language, you're not going to talk and you're not going to be able to hear. So you're going to be deaf and mute. And you're not gonna be able to read, so you can be illiterate. So you do that for several years, and it's gonna change your 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 self your self image, all right? It can really break your confidence. With you know traveling in the way that I travel, um, and so you know you want to go to Cancun every once in a while, that's cool. You want to go to France, you know, for New Year's some shit like that. Go to Rio for you know a quick little vacation, that's cool. But like, I think you know in general, I could have skipped ninety percent of the places I went. Really. Yeah, wow. and I liked it. I enjoyed it, okay. but I, it's so many things I missed. I missed so much
0: in my, in my personal life, you know, and let's not talk about relationships. Okay, are you, are, are you okay with the trade-off that for what you missed? Oh,
1: no, I'm fine, I'm fine, man. But I, you know, I gave my, my 20s to that, you know, my 20s and my 30s to that, my early 30s. I'm still in my early 30s, but beginning of my 30s was was travel. And I understood that it was a foolish journey. Um, I think that you know you can still be a well-educated person if you travel once every couple of years. Mm-hmm.
0: You know, um, you don't need to do this at ad, ad nauseum. Okay. Well, it, it sounds like to me there's different levels of traveling, and <coughs> what I've gathered online, i I see a lot of base level, base surface traveling and not there's really base level people, bro. Okay.
1: That's the problem, right? Like, I think that uh, just because you travel doesn't mean you're curious, right? And just because you go there doesn't mean you're interested in those people or you're interesting to those people, right? Okay. And so I think that's an inside job of, one, getting curious, getting interesting, and getting interested in other people. If you can do that, traveling is going to be fulfilling. Mm-hmm. But um, I also think that um, if you have nothing to talk about to the people you, you're traveling, uh, you, the pl- place you're going, they're not going to be interested in you. They're not going to talk to you. If you're not an outgoing person, if you're not a person that wants to interact with people and fully you know develop relationships, it's gonna be a bunch of pictures. You can just buy a postcard, man. You know,
0: yeah. okay, wow, it'd be, it'd be way cheaper. See, now this is the aspect that nobody dare speak of, you know, and I appreciate your candor for that. So I now yeah. I'm like, wow, okay. So now I see what it is for oh. those guys. It's showy, it looks good, sounds oh, yeah. good. Oh, that's yeah, that's so cool. Yeah. Yeah, except, but see,
1: there's other thing too, right? I don't post on Instagram. I don't live my life for Instagram. I don't live my life for Twitter. I talk to y'all. I talk. I, I talk about Brazil in a peripheral way, right? But I do that because I'm not living for y'all. And I'm meaning by y'all mean the internet, right? Viewers and things like that. I'm doing things I'm man, I'm genuinely interested in day to day, right? Without having to take pictures or write about it or post about it, right? And because of that, I think that I get much more genuine relationships. Then okay. the person that runs through is like I'm gonna take a picture here, take a picture, I'm gonna take a picture here, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna do a video here, a video here, and I'm I'm gone. And you didn't talk to nobody. Only people you know is your Uber driver that picked you up from the airport. Mm-hmm. You know, and so I was like what kind of life is that? What was why would you spend all that money to do that?
0: Okay, gotcha. You know? Well, hell man, okay, it's been an hour. I'm gonna respect, I'm gonna respect the time, bro. i like uh, yeah, I'm gonna wait, bro. I'm you.
1: you want to keep going? Like I'm. I really brushed over a couple things, but um, just to, out of sake of trying to keep it classy. But you know, I think that um, a couple things I would say that most men don't understand about the women here. One, most American niggas are corny and they act like it, and women don't respect them for that. Um, also, they know their image to the world uh, that. They are fetishized. Brazilian women are. Um, they understand that. And they usually avoid Americans. Really? Yeah. Because they're like, how am I going to talk to them? Literally. He's like, okay. how am I going talk? How are we going to talk? And once you, they realize they can't
0: talk to you, they're not going to talk to you for it like that. Let, let yeah. me ask you this. From their perspective, how do they see American black men for the most part?
1: Um. I'm gonna re- repeat this. There's 100 million black men, black people in this country. You're not special. You look just okay. like any nigga. Okay. You know? And here's the issue, guys. You might look just like any other nigga, but you're 30 pounds fatter and you can't dance. And they like niggas that's fit and they can dance. And so you come here, you shower once a day, you musty by midday. You don't wanna take no shower. You don't even wear flip flops. you wearing tennis shoes on the beach. You look like a weird nigga to them. <laughs> right? You can't dance. You don't know how to barbecue, right? You walk around lollygagging with your phone all out, taking pictures everywhere. She's scared because you ain't protecting her. What kind of nigga is you to her, right? That's how these niggas are moving around out here. We ain't gonna talk about the whoremonger because I know niggas get sensitive about that, right? Um, Now, Brazilian women don't avoid American black men. It's just not that many of them down here, Okay. okay? They don't come to Salvador like that at all. You know, I might bump into one black guy every three or four months. Rio is another story, but they all stay in the same neighborhood. So that's, again, another story. You know, most of the black men that come to Rio are all going to stay in a wealthy part of Rio. They're not going to have a lot of interaction with a lot of black folks as normal. You know, they don't work in that area. So it's not that they're not avoiding black men. It's not that. It's just that, like, one, you don't even know how to talk to them. I was in the club. I was in the club. I saw a group of black men. Uh, it was an all-black club. And I knew they were black because they were all acting, they was all nervous and scary and shit. And so I said, hey guys, come here. Come here, guys. It was like 12 guys. I said, hey y'all come over here. I said, look, y'all are not in America anymore. You can go talk to that woman. You can go dance with her. You can go get her a drink. It's all good. She's not gonna, she ain't gonna trip on you. And it was like, for real? I was like, for real, go talk to her. There's a club full of black folks. And it was all scary. You know what they did? Five minutes later, hey bro, we, we out, man. We finna go to uh, some whorehouse. You know,
0: is is that the their easy way out as opposed to trying to actually build a rapport and actually
1: learn? Because yeah, you okay. don't want to speak the language and yeah. you we know, some fun right now. I get it. I am not passing judgment on none of you guys for none of that shit. I get it, but I'm just telling you what we see. Right? They're not confident. They're not coming down here confident. They're not coming down here ready to, you know, try to speak the language. Um, that's for the most part. And they're they, they, they very self-doubting, you know, they, they doubt themselves a lot in how they converse with women. Right. And how they approach women. Like, can I talk to her? is it okay. Hell yeah. Let's go. Come on. You know, cause, cause you know, I understand there's some trauma based around that. Like, you know, in America you can't really do those things. It's a lot more conservative of a country, but it's not like that in here.
0: Well, let me ask you this is brazil considered to be like the top of the food chain as far as <clears throat> the brothers that tr- that like the trout? it seems to me like would they have these problems in let's say guatemala or, or nicaragua you, you, you i mean
1: I, I feel like this man i feel like wherever you go there you are right um i would say if you gave me 100 dudes 100 black men that came here i would probably say it's three or four that's really like Smooth operators, really like out here. Competent, I would say they're competent travelers. Okay, they're competently handling business day to day, ordering off the menu, taking girls places they ain't never been before, mm. know the city really well, got connections with you know men, not just a bunch of girls. You know what I'm saying? Got connections and friendships. They can move around in neighborhoods and different different parts of the city, different parts of the country. Uh, there's only four or five of those type of guys out of a hundred. You know, most gonna be weekend warriors come in couple pictures get a couple you know pieces of you know some street food and they might hit a little somber a little bit and they out you get a cap it in and that's it you so. know so
0: when you hear men that speak on okay american women are not <clears throat> where it's at i need to go to another country to find a, a woman or uh, yeah. when you hear this rhetoric what is it what's the first thought that comes to your mind or is it- that, that sound cool that
1: sound cool you know, I hear what you do what your mouth say. But the problem is, is that you are traumatized and hurt. Your mama didn't hug you enough. Your daddy didn't love you, whatever. You're bitter. Okay. And you're not handling that on the inside. Are right? you are not looking in the man in the mirror and saying, hey, bro, I'm hurt. I'm a hurt man. All right. You're not going to, you're not man enough to say that. And so you think that you can go to another place and not deal with that. And the problem is you're the problem. Okay. You're the issue here. Not the American woman. All right, because it's a shit ton of American women out here. All right. And they're in nice, level relationships. So if you're leaving a country to, to find love, leaving your country to go to another country to find love, that's naive, first of all, and you're setting yourself up for failure. Right. Like every relationship that you, that you, every woman that you encounter that you're interested in, you're looking at, I'm going to make her my wife, I'm going to make her my wife, I'm going to make her my wife. Like, bro, like, come on, man. Like, reel it in a bit. You know, you need to do some serious self-reflection and introspection and figure out who you really are. What your hangups are? What makes you angry about the an American woman? Right. Mm-hmm. All right. Because we got to look in the mirror and say, is this something that I caused? Right. Is this a part of me that is lacking because of my childhood or how I was raised or, you know, traumatic experience with a girlfriend, ex-wife, whatever. You need to go and have a conversation before you buy that plane, take it in that Airbnb. OK, because some of y'all need to travel. Some of y'all need to just sit down, write in the journal, go to therapy, shit like that
0: stand understand? Well, let me ask you this. Culturally, how mm-hmm. different are the Brazilian women versus the American women? Women are women. You know? Okay. Women are women. And if you're dating black women,
1: black women are pretty much the same. You know? Uh, they're going to be very similar. Uh, and I think that a lot of uh, – you can sell yourself a dream that they're different, but they're not. Okay? Leave the toilet seat up. You're going to hear about it. Don't watch this. You're gonna hear about it. You know, start talking to the women. You're gonna hear about it. Like yeah. the same things, guys. Like they, they all, and they also have their own expectations of okay. you. All right, all right. They want you to plan dates, just like a woman would in the states. They want you to be nice and caring, and they want you to be affectionate and shit. And they want to be, Want you to remember their birthday. These are all things that American woman want. All right. And so I think the thing is, you got to get good at knowing who you are. One, you got to get good at being able to operate with a woman. you right. Right. If that's what that's what it is, you want, but I think that. You're lying to yourself. You know, you're really lying to yourself if you think that you're gonna get some different outcome than you would get in the States. All right. Because again, I want to remind everybody, you're gonna to have to bring another level of masculinity to the Brazilian woman for her to respect you. Okay? You run around here slack jaw playing video games all day with your ass half washed, you're gonna be you're gonna have some problems. Okay. Why? Here in this city, for example, I live in Salvador Bahia, Brazil. You got to go to the beach with your shirt off, okay? You got to get in the ocean with your shirt off. You got to be on the beach with your toes out, all right? So just that and alone, that means you got to be shaving, working out, and, and at least getting pedicure And showering, guys. Two showers a day is a minimum, right? So now you got to get, get, get your cleaning order, right? And then also, Brazilians love clean homes, all right? They are very particular about cleaning. So you got to have a home that's very clean all the time. So we got to change our whole routine up. If you're gonna be dealing with a Brazilian woman, all right, they're all raised to be very clean. They might be they might not have as much money as we got, but they clean, right? And so again, you have to ask your way through American women. You got to step up just to be with a Brazilian woman if you want to be in a happy relationship or you want to deal with one. And so, you know, that's something I think that that's that that a lot of guys are naive to that idea, you know.
0: Um how how's the healthcare down there? Amazing. And it's cheap. Okay. Is it yeah. is it like is it similar to Canada to a certain extent, or I live in Canada, bro. It's better. Really? Yeah, it's much better, dog.
1: Bro, I got <coughs> I get all my dental work done down here. My boy got twenty thousand dollars worth of dental work done for three thousand dollars US. Okay. Yeah. You're talking about women getting breast implants that cost fifteen thousand dollars in the States, three thousand dollars US, and they look great. Wow, yeah. okay. I think some of the best dentists in the world. Some of the best dentists in the world are here. You know, um, my dentist. My dentist's office is amazing. He has big screen TVs and all the ceilings. He has beer in there. He has a coffee machine. He got like four receptionists. It's fucking awesome.
0: So, you is know? there like a Kaiser Permanente version that you pay into, like a Cobra, <laughs> or is it? I have a uh,
1: health plan. Okay, um, I have a health plan. It's like one hundred and forty dollars a month, and I can go to all the. They call them um, Hospital Particular. So it's basically like a private hospital. Okay. Um, that's where I go. But you also have public hospitals and they take care of it. Like medicine is super cheap, super duper cheap, guys. Like they got all this generic medicine. You go to the pharmacy, you spend like even in Hayal, If you went dollar to Heiau, like there's medicine here that's 50 Hayal. 50 hey is just $10 or like $9.40, $9 some shit like that. They have medicine here that's fifty reais. That's in the states. That's two hundred dollars. All right, that would be a thousand reais. Even if you went currency to currency at equal value, they're still cheaper. That's like you can get all this medicine. That's just amazing. You know what I mean? Like, and it's just easy to get. And I got my eyes checked. I got my teeth taken care of several times. Um, <laughs> you know, it's just I can't speak highly enough about the Brazilian health system. It's amazing.
0: So it's easy it's easier to say that their health care system is actually about health care.
1: Oh yeah, they making sure you're okay. You know, you can go and get checkups, guys. Like poor people getting checkups all the time. They doing health consultations. Like all my friends here go to the doctor, like, you they like, why don't you go to the doctor? See, I'm like, do you know how much it costs to go to the doctor? We're not even in a routine of going to the doctor. Mm-hmm. It's it's expensive. Yeah. You know, young folks or old folks, you know, it, it can be quite inexpensive. So, you know. Well, my parents, when they need when they need to get their dental work done, they need to do some. Uh, then they need get teeth implanted and stuff like that.
0: They come in here. I'll pay for that. Okay. Okay. Um, the banking. Shitty. Um, okay.
1: Shitty. Do not get a a Brazilian bank account if you don't have to. But if you have to, you're gonna have to. You'll probably be a person that's gonna be like me or my friends. Uh, you're gonna be a uh, um um uh, you're gonna be a visa holder, right? And mm-hmm. so you need to be a uh, resident. Uh, it's a registered national foreign or some shit. It's in like, I know the words in, in Portuguese, but anyway, it allows you to open up a bank account, but it, it can be a level of bureaucracy here that you just never seen in the United States. You know, so so
0: the bureaucracy from top to bottom in every aspect of, of
1: wow. shit. Dog. It's 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 like tear dragging bro. Like it sucks. <laughs> like it really, really, really sucks.
0: Um, how has it? personally affected you if
1: if any at all? I mean like things like that would take you know, like for example getting something notarized in the states. You know the EPS getting notarized, you get in and out five minutes. Yeah. here's gonna take an hour. You know, lines, lots of lines, banks, lines at the bank, bro. It's like what the fuck is this about? I Man, you'd be at a bank all day long doing something. Where in the States we go to the bank, we nobody's in the bank more than 30 minutes. All right here you can be the bank, you can waste a whole day at the bank, you know? So yeah, banking sucks, but there are some, there's some, they have a credit system that you can get into. That's pretty interesting. We can talk about that another time. Yeah. yeah. You can get Brazilian credit cards and all that stuff, but you got to get your visa first. Okay.
0: I'm going to say, I'm going to leave this here. Okay. I'm going to leave this here. <laughs> I definitely <laughs> want to bring you back, bro. Because you gave me a lot to process and so I'm just like, god hey, damn how come no one <laughs> ever ever, I mean, you're legit the first person that's ever break, I mean, breaking Brazil down, like, and because I've seen other Brazilians, and all they talk about is the women. I'm just like, it's got to be more to that than this. Like, I...
1: They only talk about women because they have three weeks, dog. Like, bro, like, this is my problem, man. This is my problem with these guys, man. They are taking the cliff notes version of these countries. You know? Yeah. You go to two neighborhoods in one major city, and you talking about Brazil? No, motherfucker. Talk about the neighborhoods. You know, he'd be like, "You go to Atlanta and you go to Buckhead, you go to Sandy Springs. Atlanta's like this. No, you went to Buckhead and Sandy Springs. Buckhead and Sandy Springs is like that. Yeah, you no. Know? And that's one thing that I think that for that you know for the viewer, they don't know that they think, well, shit, Brazil's like that, right? Yeah. And so it's just there's a lot of misconceptions. I really need to post more content, guys, but I'll be living, man. I have a really cool life. You don't
0: have time. I get it. I, I get it.
1: <laughs> and I really don't want to show y'all my life. Cause I'm like, I don't want to bump into you, you know, because I see a lot, I see a lot of lames here. You know, it's a lot of cool guys here. I see a lot of lames. So I'm like, I don't want to bring none of these people here. So I just don't talk about it. I don't want to post videos, I don't want to do any of that. But but uh know, I, I think I might be I'm playing both sides of the fence, guys, just because I know y'all get so much positive about this country. And y'all and these YouTubers give y'all so much uh about how cool everything is for them. But I see where they be posting that. They be posting these little weak ass hotel rooms. You know, I don't know if y'all know this, but it's an echo in my house because it's big as fuck. You know what I'm saying? Like that's but they ain't showing you no shit like that. Right? And I think that these YouTubers need to get real. And we need to understand that, hey, look, man, you're here for a week and a half, two weeks. That's cool, dog. But you ain't really like that. Because if you was like that, I'd be bumping into you. And I don't bump to none of these motherfuckers. So, you know, that's that. Um, But, yeah, man, I'm I'm really opinionated, by the way, guys. I just don't be on YouTube like that. Um, Also, I meant what I said about that guy being a pussy. Uh, Scroll back. I meant it. I hate that that mindset of being scared. Black people can be anywhere in this world. Okay. We have struggled and fought too long to be in these places for us to now be scared. You scared of a white person? For real? That's 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 what you scared of some white folks. You say you scared somebody calling out your name. That's 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 how that's how weak you are. That's I just want to tell everybody to understand that mindset, right? Or that keep your black ass out of that. Like. Come on, man. Black people was climbing Mount Everest like 50 years ago, 60 years ago, 70 years ago. People, Black folks were going to Antarctica and all this stuff, guys. Know your black history. Why are we scared now to do things that we're, we're able to do? You are qualified to get a passport, okay? You are qualified to travel. You are qualified to go to these nice restaurants. We have a place there, guys. All right? That's what I am trying to show you all, okay? That's my main focus. I want to show you all what is possible when you have freedom. I am free. Freedom is for sale. Okay, we got to go earn it. We got to go buy it. Okay, and once we buy it, we got to enjoy it. All right. I sleep with my windows open, and I hear the ocean every day. I wake up in the morning. I see the ocean, and the blue sky. I see all these little islands right here, and I go to these islands on the weekdays. I go on Tuesdays, Wednesdays. Hey, bro, you want to go to island? Yeah, hell yeah. Let's go let's get a boat, and we go. You know, I want that for y'all, but we cannot. We got to push back on on lack mindset. Fear-based mindsets about what we, what we can and can't do, right? Because I see the same thing here with these black folks in Brazil, all right? I had a friend, guys. I'm going to let, let slide wrap this up. I had a friend. He didn't go to the movies until he was 15 years old because he thought it was just for rich folks. And he got, he got there, and he realized he could pay, he could afford to go to the movies. But he was a black guy. And he thought that the movies was just for rich folks, rich white folks. That's the same
0: mindset, y'all, got.
1: When y'all say this stupid shit y'all be on, okay? That's crazy.
0: Um, if anyone wants to get into the uh, insurance, justice, how, where can they find you? Shout, shout yourself out. Twitter,
1: guys. guys. Twitter, 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 Twitter. Steven Story at Stephen Story. Okay. Yeah, Twitter. Uh, Twitter
0: is still king. I try and tell people like Twitter ain't going anywhere. So. No. No, it's too much.
1: The analytics are too good, and you can get information out too fast. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, yeah, guys. What you seeing on my on my on this name right here? Just put an at in front of it. Take space out, guys. That's my name on Twitter. Um, Sly, appreciate you having me on.
0: Oh, thank you, thank uh, you. I definitely want to bring you back, man. Cause uh, yeah, and we we went over a bunch
1: of stuff. And like I said, I'm I'm actually even more penated. It is I just I'm giving you all the little B rated version, PG rated version, right? But um, I will say I saw a few a few um, comments there. Leo was on there. He saw my Rio in February. I really don't like Rio that much. we real with you. February is big here in Salvador with Imanja. And we're getting ready for carnival here. So I'm going to be in Salvador, bro. So you're welcome to come up here, kick on me. But I'm not a fan of Rio. Um, I don't like the Americans I see there. So I don't like bumping in the Americans in Rio. Uh, so I don't like going there. Is that
0: too touristy? Is that the problem?
1: Well, no. It's not, it's not that it's touristy. It's just that I don't like the people I meet there. So okay. I don't want to meet them. You know, so if I stay out of Rio, I won't meet them, you know. Um yeah, so that's just that's the thing, I Like when y'all living out of the country, like you gotta think about it. Whoever you would hang out with stateside, that's who you would hang out with when you get out of the country. Okay. And so I mean a lot of guys I would not hang out with. Okay. You know, like if you don't speak Portuguese, we're not hanging out. Okay. It's not happening. I'm not babysitting nobody. If you can't run out the menu, if you can't talk to a woman, if you can't ask for a bathroom, if you can't talk to the cops or ask for help, all right. We're not hanging out. Don't even hit me up. You know, all my friends are fluent in Portuguese because we all did the word. Every single one of them speak a level of Portuguese or they're fluent as fluent or more fluent than me. I'm not playing that shit, you know, because I know I'm dealing with a serious person if they're fluent in Portuguese. If you over here fucking around Duolingo guys, hit me up in two years. You know, I don't want to put, I'm not pulling you around the city. I'm not a tour guide. I'm a businessman. I'm not wasting my time talking about shit. you're not gonna pay me to consult you about nothing
0: and that's only because i hear this
1: all the time all right so I, just gotta, I get oh, a little, a little rant, guys. but i gotta make all that clear y'all y'all cool though i appreciate you but don't hit me up about that because i'm not helping you all right so that's it
0: my man steven's story <laughs> <laughs> bro i gotta bring you back um, yeah. When you're done conquering the rest of Brazil, it's let me, you know you're always come on, welcome man. here. <laughs> come on, come on, come on. Yeah. Oh, man. All right, brother, uh, go ahead and get you some rest, man. I know it's late over there. Home, man. I appreciate it, man. I'm about to, uh, my
1: phone about to die. Cool. I'm gonna show you my kitchen. I'm gonna show you my kitchen. I'm gonna show you my whole house. I'm gonna show you my kitchen. Out. <laughs> Check out my kitchen, out, man. Okay, I get my, I get my, uh, I be cooking a lot, man. I love, I love to cook here, so. I, I had dinner parties over here like two times a week, man. I cook. I bring all the Americans over here. We have like 12 people over here. We have like Americans, Brazilians, and we just be talking and, and cooking and eating, man, and drinking. You're having a ball. That's y'all, I appreciate everybody. appreciate everybody that was coming. I missed all y'all's comments. I was talking to Sly. I appreciate y'all. And if you was hating, just remember, I have an ocean view in every room in my house, and you don't. Okay, so that's what I wake up to, and you wake up to whatever. whatever Bullshit you got going on if you hate. All right. So anyway, guys. i Appreciate you, man. Yes,
0: sir. You got it, bro. You have a good one.
1: All right, man. You too. My man. <laughs>
0: <That's>, that, hey. Hey. <laughs> I wasn't ready. I wasn't ready, but he brought it. He brought it. Uh cooling. Bro, thank you for the uh five on the super chat. Um, I gotta end I'm going this. I'm gonna come back. We're gonna talk about um uh, Kelsey's, uh, testimony on the stand. And, um, yeah. So give me about 15, 20 minutes and, uh, yeah, I'll be back. Cool. And thank you, bro. Hope everybody got some out of it. Um, I, I I fucks with Steven. Like I fucks with him. So that's, he's my Twitter guy. So, um, hopefully everybody got some out of it. um, Yeah, we'll do this again, but give me about 20 minutes. I'll be right back. All right, y'all have a good one. Peace.